0: Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast with the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Tuesday. A man ordered 100 tacos on a first date, even though he didn't have his wallet with him. Okay, th- that's in and of itself seems like. Awkward, but really, truly, as these events unfolded, as told by the the person who's getting some notoriety online because of this video, uh, her name, Myers, uh, she uh, absolutely had a lot of red flags to face and did not pick up on them nearly quickly enough. So, story goes, goes to uh, have a first date with a guy she met online, of course, which uh, comes with its own risks, comes with its own anxieties, uh, but, you know, went through with it, went to go pick him up uh, because the plan changed, which is already a bit of a flag supposed to be going to meet at a restaurant not the case no can you pick me up instead at my house sure okay then the directions aren't to a restaurant they're to a taco bell drive through she's still going okay he's going 100 hard tacos please hard shell and uh, oh by the way yeah like i said when you needed to pick me up i don't have my wallet so if you could just you know pay for that she was okay okay uh, i guess They pick up 100 tacos, they go back to his place to start eating, and it's at the point where they're feasting silently, crunching on hard tacos, listening to each other chew, that his dad, who lives with him, comes and joins, grabs a taco and starts eating it over her head. And then they asked if she wants to see the studio. That is when she decided to leave, because in her words, she was going to be killed 100%. I personally think she was about to be turned into the meat for the next 100 tacos. That's what that sounds like to me. But uh, nonetheless, maybe maybe just a weird, awkward first date. Maybe that's really all it comes down to. And I want to know, what is the weirdest behavior you've ever witnessed on a first date? I mean, then again, then again, benefit of the doubt, maybe he just was going to watch a whole bunch of TV with her. Boy, I sure could go for a 100 tacos right about now. No. <laughs> yes, this should provide adequate sustenance for the Doctor Who marathon. Music news, a headline confused me this morning, thought that Wolfgang Van Halen and Slash were involved in a traumatic car accident. It's not that case. It's still not great. It's a guitarist, Frank Sidoris, who has worked with both of those artists in big, big ways. Um, He's uh, in Slash's band, The Conspirators, as well as Wolfgang Van Halen's mammoth WVH band. Um, And unfortunately, they were in a very serious car accident, uh, although able to describe how terrible it was. And so, therefore... Good news, I guess, a silver lining at the very least, and it looks like they will be able to have a full recovery. Meanwhile, Ozzy Osbourne is claiming that his worship of the devil is the reason that he has avoided COVID thus far. Um... Hey, maybe not quite exactly. He's simply just joking that members of his family have had it. His wife, Sharon, as well as uh, one of his daughters and a granddaughter have had it over the course of the pandemic while he has not been affected. Um And he jokes that that's definitely got to be because of being a devil worshiper. But also, he says that he has emphysema, which is something that he revealed a little while ago, along with his Parkinson's uh, disease diagnosis. So he said that he basically says if he gets it, he is messed. You know, he's not going to have a good time. So he's staying As precautionary as possible. Meanwhile, Paul McCartney setting this record straight after some 50 years or so. Who broke up the Beatles? Well, a lot of people do assume it was Paul who said some things after John Lennon and Yoko Ono started seeing a little bit more of each other, and now... He says in an interview with John Wilson at The Guardian, I didn't instigate the split. That was our Johnny. This was my band. This was my job. This was my life. So I wanted it to continue. Putting all that blame on John Lennon squarely. Well, pretty convenient if he can't speak up for himself now, Paul. You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. For, I think, the fourth year in a row doing the month-long marathon, a horror movie every day. But this is the first year that I've seen one pop out that was written entirely by bots. No, it's not actually on the list. And no, it's not actually a full horror movie. It's more like a four minute video that's there to make you laugh from Netflix. And uh, basically, just like when they did their first comedy special entirely written by bots, this time it's a horror movie script. And it's kind of all kinds of incredible. Here's just how it starts we see a woman that has outer beauty and inner blood she dangles over a vat of chair saws. the furniture pane sits on this is not a normal halloween for her what is occurring where am i i should be at sexy summer camp a puppet with a mask made in hell or texas rides a mean unicycle with three wheels hello jennifer i am mr puzzles do you want to be a gamer no, not that. How you know my name? You have a body. Jennifer's always have bodies. <laughs> you are slowly dropping into chair. Onto the chair saws. The chair saws where pain sits. Um, it's great. And that's really just like really the tip of the iceberg. Gets hilarious from there on. I'm gonna link it for you. Enjoy. But also, I want to know what legitimate horror movies you've been watching. Any brand new ones? I know Halloween Kills is out this very week. Friday, it releases the third. In this sort of franchise, though, the second in the trilogy of new Halloween movies and ones that retcon all the other ones except for the first. It's confusing, but they're fun to watch. Wednesday. Somebody had something going on. Police were called to intervene, check it out at the very least. This is over in the UK specifically. And they find when they investigate the home of this disturbance that in the very front room there's an eight-foot swimming pool filled with water. With live sharks in it and an artificial Christmas tree as well, just you know, for for good measure, I guess. I guess uh, I don't have the explanation for it. I don't really understand it. Uh, I feel like there's like a mixture of things here. There's a little little Doctor Evil. Thing. Like I don't know if they had fricking laser beams attached to their heads or not, but still, little Doctor Evilish, and then the Christmas stuff. I don't, I don't really know where that comes from. Although I can tell you with confidence, this is what happens when you put eggnog out on the cooler shelves too early. I tried to warn you. And here we are. Smash Mouth is seeing Steve Harwell, their front man, diving out of the band. Um, and uh, due to medical reasons, apparently, uh, according to a report from the Los Angeles Times, uh, the front man of Smash Mouth has had to step away because of ongoing medical issues. And he has been pretty public about them in the last you know, several years. About eight years ago, he was diagnosed with heart issues. And that has led to uh, other complications, which are being... Blamed for his very bizarre behavior at an October 9th performance in upstate New York, where he was threatening the crowd verbally and possibly making the Nazi salute. I feel as though, personal opinion coming out, uh, that uh, he might not have actually been, you know, leaving the band of his own free will. Let's put it that way. I think he might have been, eh, shall we say, kicked out. But that's not the official story. Meanwhile, Madonna is working on her official story. She's writing her biopic and, uh, you know, working with filmmakers to develop it. She says it's kind of like psychotherapy in a way, because I have to remember every detail from my childhood until now. She says she realizes she's had a pretty crazy life. We're all... Patently aware of it, Madonna. She also says writing my script is the most draining, challenging experience I've ever had. We certainly hope that watching the biopic is not the same. Uh, And uh, coming from a new study from Music Watch, apparently the majority of concert goers of music fans want mask mandates at concerts uh, or vaccination mandates the numbers do skew just a little bit but music watch is revealing 67 percent of gig going uh fans surveyed saying venues should be employing mandates of some kind either masks or vaccination against covid Seventy uh, 70 of those surveyed saying they were already double vaccinated and definitely ready to go hey alexa play the steve reeve podcast how did you torture your siblings? Question of the day. Um, inspired by a f- story from a friend that I heard about inventing a sword made out of that razor sharp uh, wrapping from chocolate coins. Eat enough of those craft for long enough in the backseat of a car on a road trip. Then you've got something to absolutely stab your sibling with. And that was the case. Almost turned into a we're going to turn this car around moment. Um, and I want to know what that case was for you. I-, I can tell you that I grew up with chaos in my family. Especially between my two sisters. Uh, they would just go at it. Like, of course, as a lot of sisters do, th- very tight knit, very close, so close that they would often fight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when they did, it was very, very passionate. And there was often, often something that would get broken in some way because of it. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not saying it was healthy. I'm not saying it was, uh, you know, the best way of doing things, but it just was what life was like when I was growing up. I do remember seeing a bull flying across the basement at one point. Don't worry, it didn't leave a dent in uh, a sibling of mine, didn't leave a dent in one of the sisters, it more left a dent in the wall. And then the, there's that look on the face of both of the siblings and and you know you can be fighting tooth and nail but as soon as the parents really truly get involved in like an immediate and complete way you know what I mean there's a there's a dent in the wall suddenly a big crash sound that they've had it they're using the full names oh oh. then the fight is over at least for the moment because there is a more clear and present threat to deal with the parentals a trek was made by the captain himself uh, mr. William Shatner aka Kirk a.k.a. the original captain. Um, he was up on a flight. Blue Origins launched their New Shepard NS-18 rocket, which I feel like they should have Star Trek-ized up the designation just a little bit. I mean, it's close. It sounds like Star trek but still, it's not an exact replica. But uh, the phallic-shaped device did send a crew into space, Momentarily I was watching the commentary on the video uh, not the commentary the comments because there was no commentary I don't know for whatever reason. I was watching a live video That was just some audio from like a highway and once in a while a vehicle would would would, would drive by uh, But uh, people were commenting "Wow, so a lot of know, uh, big deal over just a few minutes in space Yeah, because it's a test flight and that's the point have you gone to space no, and you may not want to. It might not be something you care about, but that's the point. It's not a lengthy trip. People are asking, how long is he going to be staying up there? He's 90. He needs to go to bed soon, okay? He's back on solid ground and walking already. It was just to go to space in a technical way so that they can say that they sent William Shatner to space and made him the oldest man to ever do so at the age of 90. That's really. That's really all it was. I don't know if he paid for it. I don't know if they asked him to be there. Uh, I do know that money probably probably could have been spent in better ways, but still, gave me some to watch this morning and stare at for far too long. Thursday, I'm saying yes to dessert in almost all cases, almost every single case. I've met very few that I didn't really enjoy on some level. It's dessert day today, I guess. Another one that's made up, but then again, so is every holiday. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, again, nearly a fan of all in the realm of dessert but I'm about to buy myself another, I-, I do say another, giant pumpkin pie and eat that sucker to myself after the one that was, I mean, it's store-bought. It was just right off of the, the, the little table display at the grocery store ahead of the Thanksgiving weekend, and it was just demolished. One of the best ones I have honestly ever had in my life. I don't know what they put in there. They put something else other than that pumpkin spice or something, because it's been on my brain. It's been an addiction, a, a, a relatively new one, and one that I'm happy to feed for at least one more pie. After that, probably a little bit of, a little bit of self-restraint. Just a tiny bit, though. I was asking yesterday, how have you tortured your siblings, or maybe how they have tortured you? Have you invented new ways? Corinne got in touch to say, eldest sister switched the background that she got on picture day back at school. Not on the phone, I mean, like, the actual background. So she had bricks, while all of her sisters had a pretty library. Had the pretty books. Another time, they got to ride grandma's, uh, grandpa's riding lawnmower, but they kicked it to bunny speed, and she did not know how to handle it at the bunny speed. And, of course, got in trouble for it. Middle child problems. I understand, Corinne. I really do. Hillary says, I slapped my sister with a cantaloupe peel. Okie dokie holding siblings down and cracking toes. That was it for me. That was it for me. I was the youngest of all by far, and so it was very easy for the older siblings to pin me down and do whatever. Do whatever. Um uh, Malek says uh, chasing people around with raw chicken or fish is what she encountered, not what she did. Oi. Oi, and uh, Jenny's also saying that uh, twin sister and her shared a bedroom until they were 15. I love this story. She liked to whisper after bedtime, and uh, she had to get ignored. Otherwise, you know, there would be trouble. You guys are supposed to be falling asleep in there. Cut it out. Cut out that racket, you know, if they started fighting. And to check if that she was really asleep, Jenny would have her sister's dirty socks on her face because the theory goes, if you react to it, then you're still awake. If not... Well, then, you're just waking up with a dirty sock on your face, or at least near your head in the morning. Gross, gross. And Susie, this is honestly too relatable for me. This is exactly how it was for my family. Just being present was enough to cause a brawl in my house, Susie says. "Ah, yeah, I totally understand that. Between my two sisters, that was absolutely the case. Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. A man... Synonymous with the word epic is about to release his unprecedented Beatles documentary Peter Jackson's the Beatles get back is going to be coming to Disney plus in three parts in late November looks incredible because now we're actually able to see that until that day uh, we've got the first trailer to watch which explains that the footage captured has been locked in a vault for decades until jackson acquired it and had every frame meticulously remastered and uh, it kind of focuses on on this moment where they say the beatles have less than three weeks to write and record a new album we're talking about 14 songs we hope to get i've got a feeling how many have we already recorded good enough no None. None, John says. And uh, meanwhile, the site of several Beatles recordings, Abbey Road Studio, is revealing more about their ongoing 90th anniversary celebrations. A little earlier in the year, they did have uh, sort of an open house online, virtually as well as in person, that allowed people to explore the rooms that were made famous by artists. Like the Beatles, like Pink Floyd, like Oasis, like Adele, like Ed Sheeran, Frank Ocean, the list goes on. And, uh, in November, the 11th and 12th specifically, the studios are going to physically open their doors again to a lot of different artists as well as creative individuals for a two day event uh, with question and answers, live performances, and master classes, some of which is going to spill over onto the virtual space as well. I've been losing my mind over a week now, seeing the sections of Edmonton transformed for the setting of the HBO The Last of Us TV show. I don't know exactly when it's going to be airing. It didn't take them a while to, you know, do the editing, cutting, all that stuff. And they're not even done shooting it, but seeing those areas transformed, a lot of people joking, well, they barely had to do anything, just put an upturned car on that one road and you're good. The the potholes alone are making it look Post-apocalyptic. Hilarious. But still, they've actually put a lot of work into it, they're vines growing on buses, the uh, Alberta legislature is l- like looking incredible, areas of the University of Alberta. Craziness. And now, they must have gotten the all done from the set decorators because the stars have started to appear as well, and now we're seeing photos of Pedro Pascal shooting at Edmonton. Like, right now! Meanwhile, Meanwhile, his other show, The Mandalorian, also has begun filming in California. So the notice today. They have begun production, presumably with the guy who, you know, just wears the suit whenever Pedro Pascal's not available. What a job that would be. You'd kind of feel like you're in the shadow and not getting enough of the recognition, but you're still the Mandalorian, you know? (laughs) Hold on. Hold the phone. Wait a minute now. James Gunn once pitched a Gilligan's Island film, but with cannibalism. Apparently, apparently, uh, according to himself, uh, it originally came from the prolific uh, screenwriter Charlie Kaufman. He one time pitched it, didn't go anywhere. Some years after that, Gunn got a hold of it and said that he kind of revised a little bit, added his own flair, pitched it, pitched it, and actually got some interest. Might have gotten off the ground, except for that the family of the Gilligan's Island original creator Sherwood Schwartz said no they said that it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen honestly why not I mean it was a show that only ran for three years it is beloved it is nostalgic but mainly today we really just remember some of the character names and like the whole Ginger or Marianne debate which is a little bit diminishing if we're being honest So Sherwood Schwartz's family, come on. I think you need to reconsider. I mean, James Gunn has done some amazing things. The reinvention of the Suicide Squad most recently was just fantastic. Can't wait to see everything else he's going to be doing, if it's a comic book movie, a horror movie, or otherwise. Give us cannibalized Gilligan's Island. Come on, do it. And big question from that, who would Nathan Fillion play? My money is on Skipper. Friday. Here's something you did not know, or, I mean, maybe you did, and you were just holding out on me. New Zealand uh, has ended their two-decade-long contract with a wizard this month. man named Ian Brackenbury Channel. Well, first of all, that's a great name. And yes, he comes from England originally, and then, you know, patriated over to uh, New Zealand at some point. And uh, 23 years on the payroll with, with New Zealand. Uh, more importantly than the fact that it ended was the fact that it happened in the first place. They had a state-appointed wizard earning $16,000 a year on the on the you know uh government payroll i gotta say that's kind of amazing i feel like there's a lot more to the story than that and i do believe it started off with somebody in some form of government i think at a more of me municipal level trying to shut down his public performances and antics and things to the point where the public said heck no 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 no, we want the wizard around and then the prime minister at the time of his first appointment said there's got to be some stuff, some implications in daily life that uh, are far beyond the capabilities of a mere prime minister. You give it to the wizard to take care of, namely doing uh you know spell casting when there's not enough rain or <laughs> when people just need to be entertained at festivals. Yeah, that's really the kind of the job, but I do have to say, do have to caution, careful ending a contract with a spellcaster. That Comes with some risk, especially if you do it in October. Come on! From around the Solomon Islands area, a couple of men spent a month lost at sea, getting some attention. This headline is all over the internet. Um, In a small boat together, they were uh, just caught in a storm. Very simple. They were trying to head in a certain direction. Waves got them all turned around. They ended up going the opposite direction and not knowing where they were. No landmarks. No land to mark anything. Uh, And they were surviving on floating coconuts and rainwater. Literally, with a tarp out... Stretched so that they could collect the rain, and then they'd turn their engine on, just with what little fuel they had... To go and catch those floating coconuts whenever they found them, using an axe in the anchor to crack them open. And they were too weak to walk when they were finally brought to shore by a fisherman. After 29 days. Their... General takeaway from the experience? It was a nice break from the world. (laughs) How how relatable is that? It was just a nice break from the world. They literally said it was nice to not hear about anything pandemic-related for 29 days. That's how great our brains are collectively in the world after a year and a half of this. You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. James Hetfield, he's recounting a moment that Metallica almost locked in a different frontman for the band. Alternate universe stuff. In a SiriusXM interview, Headfield says that John Bush was almost the guy coming from the band Armored Saint, which was a fellow L.A. metal band with a lot more pull than Metallica at the time. Seems like a wild decision in hindsight, but it made perfect sense then. And who knows? Maybe the band wouldn't have been as huge without James at the fore, right? Very, very possible. Meanwhile, Jimmy Page does regret mixing a new name into the Led Zeppelin lineup back in the day. Specifically, he says it was a mistake to tap Phil Collins to play with them for the Live Aid reunion in 1985. Although I do feel like some of his uh, his, his bad taste in his mouth from that experience comes from what little time they had to prepare. Apparently they had just about three hours to prepare and rehearse a three-song set, including Whole of Love, Stairway to Heaven, and Rock and Roll. The drummer, which was not Phil Collins, by the way, It was another session uh, drummer, Tony Thompson. Page says that he couldn't get the start to rock and roll, so they were in real trouble with that. And even Phil Collins in recent years has said it was a disastrous show from his perspective, saying if he could have walked off, he would have because he wasn't needed and he felt like a spare part. Very interesting. I need to rewatch some of that footage. Halloween time. We're at the midway through the month. Time to get serious about that costume. I have no idea what I'm going to do. My brain is like, do some squid game. It'll be easy, but everyone's going to do it too. But then again, who am I even going to see? What, what's going on for events? Well, I do know some that is definitely going to be going down, and that is a, a drive around town. Maybe not right on the 31st, but close to, uh, to see some of the spooky decorations that people have put up. It's it is now become a tradition, and it has really exploded for this year especially. I've noticed that there's there's this group I'm a part of on Face Business called Spooky Halloween Houses Fort McMurray. Pretty simple it's names right in there. It's right, it's all in the title. It's right in the name. Um, And I've just seen, in with my own eyes driving around, some incredible ones. There are some, though, that are in this group that they're even, by the people who are posting the photos of their own places admission, hard to see from the road. So you might not really get a chance unless you know where to look. Right? Well, fantastic, because one of the members of the group named Octavia, big thanks going out to you, has put together a Google map. Uh, It's one of those ones where you can plug in your own pins on things and even tried to Put layers in there, you know, kind of like uh, content uh, um, info, right? So, like, I mean, this one doesn't have a lot of flashing lights, so if you're worried about that, it's safe or it's spook free. So there's nothing that jumps out at you, no screams. There's nothing gory about it, you know. If it that's uh, for the young kids that you want to bring around, you know, that you can plan out your route. It's fantastic, Octavia and all the members of the group of of all the people putting spooky houses together in town. You guys are amazing. I love it. And uh, yes, of course, I'm going to share this uh, Google map because it's you know free and and available and, and public and to be used right to be utilized so absolutely take a look at it especially if you are curious about some of these amazing displays people have been putting together some of them of course just as with the holidays later on uh do come with you know an encouragement to donate to some charity sometimes food banks sometimes uh the spca etc right so i mean do consider that as you're going through we've got some big plans to do some charity work for halloween this year coming up we're going to give you more details as we get a little bit closer to the day Happy Happy Halloween haunt hunting. Transmission over. One more Steve. New podcast episodes happen every Friday or just tune into the Steve Reeve show. Weekday mornings starting at 5:30 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.